Hey, what's up? It's Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba, also 2008 world champion Boston Celtics. Now, you're listening to the Boston Big Three podcast presented by Ride the Wave Media. All right, Boston's Big Three episode 66 is presented by Ride the Wave Media, sponsored by House of Blues and Sausage Guy. Babs, you could speak a little more about that. I know you guys have some plans working up with them for this yeah, Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's sad that in baseball, we're not allowed to go inside Fenway Park this year. Fans are not allowed to attend any games. Uh, I said baseball's dead. Obviously, it's not dead at all. They're getting their thing going. Their season's happening. Myself and GRD will be down at Fenway Park, House of Blues, Sausage Guy. They have a little restaurant thing set up on a rooftop bar. We're just there to show everybody all season long how many home games they have, 30, you know, half the 30 games. We're trying to show everybody out there this is the place to be. Lansdowne Street is going to be completely closed. There's no vendors allowed there. It's all restaurant, outdoor seating, so you have to find a place to sit. They will have screens outside for people to watch. So we're heading down there Friday. We're picking our place with the House of Blues. Sausage guy hooking it up as well, too. And, uh, you know, just follow us on Ride the Wave, Spike King, or GRD. We'll show you what it's like if you want and, to come down to the fence. And that'll, that's pretty important, too, because, like, like you said, there's not going to be fans in any seats pretty much anywhere across baseball. There could be a chance later in the season. We'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, but it, it's going to be like that's going to be the new normal for watching sporting events. You're going to go get as close to the stadium as you can and hang out with everyone that wants to, wants to be inside but can't. So here's the thing, too, just to see this. Every restaurant down there is competing with each other. They're going right. to want, you know, any sort of, you know, clientele to come in there. Let's An example, Bleacher Bar. They have the insight to see inside, right. the, inside that, the park. That's a seller. That's a seller there. Now, the House of Blues has a rooftop, which is uh, a parking garage. That's where all the home runs come when they hit them over the green monster. So you might catch yourself a home run ball <laughs> or a practice ball if you get there early. We got a concussion. Yeah. We got a concussion. You got to be looking up. Every- you have no idea when the sun's going to come falling out of the sky. So it'll be interesting to see because, you know what, this is historic. I mean, it's just absolutely bananas that we can't do it. You know what sucks is I was just talking to Michelle about this uh, before we came on. Think about Causeway Street. The Bruins and Celtics are in playoff mode now. Now that their shit's starting, all those bars and restaurants are closed. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to go on there until Christmas time when they end up having the NBA come back or the NHL season come back. So they're hurting. All these restaurants are hurting. So we're trying to support some local restaurants, some local areas. And then, you know what? If people say you shouldn't be out, this and that, we're going to be socially distant. We're going to be wearing our masks. We're, we know what we're doing in Massachusetts. Rod the wish. Good guy, Babs. For the people. For, for the, the people, opening day is this Friday for the Sox. I think we have Ivaldi on the bump. However, uh, news that came out today, if people think that Mookie Betts was going to come back after this season, uh, Mookie L.A. Betts, 13-year, $380 million contract, uh, looking to be signed. And if that shows you one thing, uh, athletes just want to live in LA when it, compared to colder cities. Cause this, I mean like the, the socks, I guess didn't offer them 380. They were still trying to extend them. Uh, granted, I think it was only what 300 ish million. Yeah. But when it came down to it is like, you'd rather live in LA making close to $400 million in over the next 13 years. Or do you want to come like live in the Boston where it's tougher media, tougher weather, uh, not as bright as the future potentially. Who knows? Mookie so, out what we're saying part. right now is Mookie Betts is a pussy. Is that what we're saying right now? That's what it sounds like. Nah, I get it. I, I like, will never. <laughs> chase your bag. The only thing I don't get yeah. is the people that are like, um, 
he like people who say like he's as good as Mike Trout, blah blah blah. They let him walk. First of all, he's not as good as Mike Trout. Second of all, he's probably the second best player behind Mike Trout. Maybe like you could argue who it is. Yeah. So like with that, the whole thing is like, why would you not pay him? He's the best player. Blah blah blah. And everyone's freaking out. Like Sox fans think he's Mike Trout and all this and all that. And they're like losing their minds over that. Yeah. But then they're losing the fact that. Yeah, he's not Mike Trout, but he's the second best player. We we kind of let him walk, basically for nothing. Who did we get? Like, uh, what's this guy Verdugo? Alex Verdugo. And is he anything? Field. I didn't watch the he'll, exhibition he'll, game. He'll but. he'll beat expectations. He won't. It won't be like having some bum out there. He's a great ball player, but it's not. It's yeah, not like having Mookie, Mookie Betts' shoes, yeah. right? Well, what what sucks about it is like Mookie Betts was the fan favorite. He was one of those guys that fans love to cheer for. He's one of those guys that even if you weren't a big baseball fan, you could cheer for Mookie Betts. He's that that guy that's like five foot nine. Anyone can play baseball and and getting fans in the seats and just this exciting player who ends up winning the MVP in 2018. And he was this guy that was like Big Poppy's like the last shadow of Big Poppy because he was a guy that was like developed. He came into the system being trained and like shown how to be a professional in the Red Sox system by David Ortiz and like that there's that iconic photo of him like holding him around his shoulder twice and like in the World Series in the, the hallway down to the dugout it's 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 sad to see him go but yes he he does deserve every every dollar he's getting what does suck is for 13 years and we will never see him in Red Sox red again and he will be wearing Dodger blue likely to the day he retires I got a quick uh, I got a quick thing before anybody else goes when this news broke, actually, Jay the Pats fan, actually, that was the first thing I heard about it. He posted it on the Ride the Wave page. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the music while I'm doing it. It's on Spotify. And what song comes up when, it, when the post comes up? See You Again by Charlie Puth. I literally <laughs> almost cried. It was crazy. It, it was the worst it's timing it. ever. But uh, obviously very, very sad. I love Mookie yeah. Betts, one of the fan favorites. Like I said, I'm a casual baseball fan. Right. Um, but Red Sox is very dear to my heart. Mookie Betts was one of my, obviously my favorite player. And he's, he's not going to be one of those departures where you're going to have fans burning his jersey. Yes, he got what he deserved. Um, yes, he, like we, every Red Sox fan wished he would have stayed in the system. Everyone in Red Sox management wished they could have kept Mookie Betts. But right. I just don't think many, he's a Boston they, guy. Yeah, they, they, just, they just made too many financial mistakes along the way um, in order to not be able to afford do, him. When do it you think it's fans. financially or do you think he just didn't like Boston? I, I it, was, it, was a, it was a financial decision for sure. Because you think? Yeah, How's the bowling 100%. scene? How's the bowling scene out in LA? That could have played a little back there. <laughs> I oh, him, we, him and him and Chris Paul could have been could have been good buddies out there. We we we've talked about this numerous times, and I think we've had this the debate when it comes to the NBA. Boston's just not a market for yourself as an individual. So Mookie going to LA, this is going to be great for him individually for whatever brand he ends up doing, whatever marketing he does. Mm-hmm. And as you said, financially, it sucks. It sucks that they put themselves in that spot because the Red Sox should have thrown the bag and did anything they can to save him. This is yeah. where it's one of those long-term plays. The Red Sox better be a good team in the next five to seven years. Like I'm giving, because I'll let this year slide because we all knew they weren't going to be good, even if it was a 162 game season, but they have to be competitive. They have to at least get into the yeah. ALCS. They have to show that, Hey, we made the right decision not to have, uh, not to sign Mookie. Similar to the Washington Nationals, say, see you later, Bryce Harper. We're not paying you that money. And they won the World, World Series the next year. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> Who knows? So right there, you can't talk shit about the Nationals letting him go because, hey, we won mm-hmm. a World Series without him. Any, so, anything can happen now, especially in the 60-game season. And what's really exciting, like, sports are coming back. Unless you have sports, Brazier closing it out. Right. Sports are back, which is really exciting. And I think baseball is the best catalyst, like, to kind of uh, move into this transition time where we've, we you have think? had no sports for the last four months. But we have opening day coming up tomorrow uh, or today when this podcast comes 
come out and it's it's really not going to be just about baseball as it has been in prior years like you look back at all these things about opening day it's just been baseball is back like america's america's pastime sport i won't say it's america's sport anymore but it's america's pastime is back and now with sports being gone, all of them for the last few months, it's really going to be a celebration of all sports coming back uh, with the exception of maybe football. Like this opening day is like going to be big. Like everyone's going to remember this opening day as the day like football or not, geez, not football. Everyone's going to remember this opening day as like the, the day basketball, the day hockey, the day baseball really all come back from after like suffering this national like crisis. And I just, and I want to say about earlier too, like it's great that at least, Fenway has something around it that fans mm-hmm. can attend and it's going to save the season. Like I'm a little excited to go out there and I'm not, a, I'm not a baseball guy, but I'm excited to go down to Fenway. I'm right. excited to be with other sports fans who are mm-hmm. excited for baseball to be back. Yeah. And, and there's, and there's a scene around Fenway, like the, like you're talking about the, the like causeway and everything right there. And uh, what is it? Jersey street. Uh, not Yaki what, anymore. Yeah. Not Yaki. I was trying to figure out what the new name of it, but you look at a stadium out in like where, where Mookie's playing. Look, look at the Dodger stadium. They don't have like a, a scene around the stadium. Around yeah. They the just hill. have a big parking lot. Well, right. Baz, Baz brought up the point where, like you can market yourself and like the West coast better. I, th- I look at it like this. That makes a total amount of sense. Boston, you play for the city, you play for your team, you play for the championship, right. you play for the win. Like, yeah, Lakers, like I think the Lakers are the only like West coast exception. But if you're not, if you're like, if you're on the Dodgers, you're on uh, the Anaheim Angels or the LA Angels, you're on the Sacramento Kings, but like you're, you're out there in the scene, you're on the West coast and you see even like, for example, like Lob City with uh, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, like they, they became marketable as Lob City Mm -hmm. and they were a good enough team. What, they won one playoff series? Never won a thing. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. But they all had individual success. Like DeAndre Jordan got the bag. Yeah. Uh, Blake Griffin got. Uh, Eventually, Chris Paul built his brand and everything like that, but they didn't win anything. So, these right, are these I, I are three these these are three Boston examples. Although all three of them are from California, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Paul Pierce. Those are guys who played in Boston, yeah. but in the off season lived in LA, lived in that area, so they're able to shine. And I think if you're a player that wants to build your brand, that's what you need to do in the off season: is live in Miami, live in LA, live in one or New York City, one of those yeah. three major cities you in the off season, because then you can say, Oh, I play for the Boston Celtics, Bruins, uh, you know, Red Sox, whatever Patriots. And, like, and then you're also in that major media market. So that's cool. the way to expose yourself to wrap up baseball talk. So I, I think every Red Sox fans plan for this coming off season was to bring Mookie back. That's out. That's out the window now. Like he's, he's committed to LA for the next decade and a half, basically. So the Red Sox are going to have – they're going to have money to spend now that they probably were going to spend on Mookie if they got the chance. And now they're, they have money to sign another big free agent. Probably going to – they probably are going to want a pitcher because we have zero pitching. Let's sign David point. Price again. Sign David Price again in three years. When what are you guys' thoughts on these long contracts? So you see him with Bryce Harper. You see him with Secure Mookie bag, Betts. Basically. That's what I'm saying. I get that. But for a team standpoint, it's like – Right. Or even like as a player, you get at the security, but like if your team's bad, like Manny Machado, like he's not well, going to do anything. He's just well, going to be out there West Coast, like we just said. But also, my thing is with this, I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, thir- like you see, Giancarlo Stan, he got that huge deal with the Marlins trade to the Yankees. And he hasn't really done much else since, but he's still getting a crazy amount of money. The amount of risk and reward that these baseball teams take, I don't get why. Like if I were a baseball player, I think I would do every single year if I was like, not trying to be like if you sign a long deal, you're not competitive. Yeah. But if you're trying to like win championships, get your legacy, do like a two plus one every single year. It's, it's except the for ask for crazy yeah. amount of you can the, still get a, a ton of money. Just you need popping around to different teams. 
in baseball, you need to have a foundation. You need to have someone True, you can yeah. build around. That's why it worked with Machado to the San Diego Padres a few seasons ago because the Padres had barely anything. They had nothing. They have a lot of prospects. They have a lot of money to spend. So they bring Machado in, and he's and they're spending like 30-something million a year on him. And now he's the guy that they can build around. Like, I hate Machado, but he's a great ball player, and he's that third baseman that the San Diego Padres can build around for the next 10 years. It's the mindset, too, of the owners of the GM to say a big name is going to put asses in the seat. Right. And even if it's seven or eight years, like if you're in Philly, you know that Bryce Harper is playing down in Philadelphia. Yeah. You're going to go watch that team. Yeah. Even if yeah. he's on one of the worst teams out there, you're, like, you're going to People are still them. excited to see Pujols on the Angels. Even exactly. Like yeah. right. back, back, uh, wait, Joe, finish, speaking of money real quick. Wait, can I finish my thought? Yeah, yeah, go nuts. About just to finish baseball. Yeah. Get, get rid of baseball. Wait, uh, I had one question after that. Oh, okay. But to finish, like I was saying, if the Red Sox weren't to bring a pitcher in, if they were wanted to spend money on a big-name free agent, George Springer from the Astros is that guy. He's Yukon blood. I've been saying it for the last, like, three days. Bring him in. Why not? <laughs> he's going to get not? beamed. you get beamed every time he's up there. Uh, hey, Yukon, Yukon in Boston works. Ray Allen, Kemba Walker, George Springer's the next one. What's well, Hobby, I just want to ask you real quick, uh, the last thing about baseball, we'll move on. Uh, today they showed off the Black Lives Matter big billboard outside on Interstate 90. Um, I was listening to Felger and Maz a little bit earlier. They were talking about that big billboard. Like, you know, you know how people are. They see it on yeah. Facebook and they're going to complain, complain. I'm never watching the Red Sox. I'm never doing rada, this. Rada, 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 rada. <laughs> but they were Crocs. saying like, if you, look, if you looked at that billboard beforehand, it was an anti-gun billboard and no one cared about that. And uh, I like that little analogy that they're saying that, you know, that's just a, it's a billboard. Like if you don't, if yeah. you don't care about it, walk, walk, walk by it, just ignore it. That's it. What do you think about the Red Sox doing that? Cause that's a big statement. It's, I think it's, to put that, it's, huge. it's significant it's huge. to put that right on a major highway mm -hmm. like that. Their, their logos on it. I know that I believe baseball is going to do black lives matter on the mounds or something. Yeah. Like that. And I think I wanted to hear your thoughts on I it. I think players will have an option to wear a patch actually that just came out today. The option like, so the NBA is doing like they can wear like a statement or something on their Jersey. Um, MLB. I think it came out today that they can actually wear a, like a social justice patch. They'll have a few choices of patches that they can add to their Jersey and it'll be like fully customizable to, for each player. But I am a big fan of having that black lives matter uh, 20 huge, 20 foot billboard right by the mass pike right next to Fenway, even though when I'm driving by it, I, I barely noticed that thing. Like I'll definitely t like people take notice to it. It makes noise. It gets, it gets the people talking about like what's going on at Fenway. Like they're into, they're in touch, they're in tune with what's going on in society. But half the time I'm driving by, I'm looking behind it. I'm trying to see like the lights from Fenway, the lights dancing. I have my eyes on the road as responsible driver. <laughs> see a little piece of history. Joe, uh, we were just talking about big contracts. What are your thoughts on, uh, uh, Ninja making the most money out of anybody. $30 million to not play video games. Esports, you can get the bag. I know yeah, no, esports. $30 million not to play a game. No, I know. On this podcast, I've been very, very anti-esports. I said it's a joke, which I stand by. It is a joke. If you're watching other people play video games in your spare time, you're a loser. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel about it. You want to play 2K um, later? I mean, I'll play 2K later. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I mean, good for Ninja. Honestly, if I could not play video games for $30 million, I'd do it too. If I was that good at it to get out of a streaming deal. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, it is what it is. How long but, does he not play video games for? It's like a it's couple like months. His, his, like it's like his nothing. His platform shut down so they had to buy his contract out. 
Um, because it got picked up by Facebook. So he got he got the rest of his contract, which is thirty oh, mil for this year. Off. And yeah. now but now he can't he can't go anywhere yet because he doesn't want to like stream on YouTube because like that's not a YouTube deal and he wants to make money off it or something like that. So he's getting paid thirty million dollars just to sit at home. I'm like this and, and that's and that's life. good for him. Yeah. Because then he could take this time to just readjust and be like, This is what I gotta do for my next chapter. He I don't think a little more break. people on the internet hate ninja. Whenever he puts out a tweet, I just always look at the comments, and it is a war zone. He's also a Lions <laughs> fan, too. Well, so. he, he's cringy. He's cringy. That's what it is. He dyes his hair every five seconds. Like, and he's, he's a weird also guy. rich yeah, he's, we're not, and We're not his audience, though. His, his audience secure. is, like, under 10. Like, shame yeah. on us. Like, we're, we're trying to make it in a podcast business. We're trying to make a sports <laughs> media company. He's making $30 million by not playing video games. Like, we're doing life I will dye my hair $30 million right. in – Talk to ten year olds on the internet all day. I got uh, through Twitch. I tried. Let's just I this straight. Through I Twitch, playing video games in my Twitch chat. That did not sound good, Tyler. That sounded pretty will bad. Will it work it's if I turn I'm, about get, I'm about to get canceled for. Will it work if instead I bleach my mustache and then make it blue? There we go. Will then we make it? I don't know. There might be a, blue, there there might be a blue lives matter out. thing. I don't know. Oh yeah, I can't do that. We don't know. Then blue line. Pull the plug. All right, NBA is coming back soon. The Celtics are in the bubble. Uh, I like this. I, I like this more than I thought it would as a fan. This right bubble's now. fun to, yeah. I know, because, like, I, the NBA, dude, they're so smart. Like, you, they, you, they send a videographer down there, um, and then they let the players do whatever they want, like JaVale McGee, Matisse Thibel. I've been watching their, like, daily vlogs they post on YouTube just because it's kind of cool to see behind the scenes. Yeah. This is, like, the one time in sports you could truly get – all the behind the scenes, all like the the uncut locker room stuff, simply because people are a are excited the sports are coming back. B, there's nothing else to do, and it's like an AU tournament, and they just want to see like everybody's so focused on like the intricacies of the bubble, and all these players are getting like there's no middleman, there's no media alter or anything. Yeah. Like if Javale McGee just posts something about Dwight Howard or J.R. Smith eating dinner together, and it's like there's not <laughs> going to be any. They're going to see him in yeah. the nobody's going to be like, and just oh, kind of give him a look like yeah, or if LeBron just eats dinner with like. Right. Giannis or something like that. Everyone's gonna, there's no one that's going to be it's like, happening. oh, they're, they're, they're going to team up. It's like, tampering. No, they're, they're on <laughs> right. a campus together, dude. You just need to eat. I think so that's there, cool. Is there tampering in the bubble? Oh, buddy, there's tampering out of the bubble. I have too. a question. <laughs> I have a, this is an objective question. No bias involved. So, the NBA bubble, we all know it's probably going to pop at some point because someone's going to break down and get, you know, you know I don't want to get into specifics, but you know what I'm talking about. So, which Celtics player? Yes. Which Celtics player, in your horses? opinion, is the first one to break the bubble to get some uh, little something-something. Which Celtics player? Jalen Brown. No, nope, nope, nope. This is the answer. Wasn't wearing a mask. Nobody. Nobody. Brad Stevens has that team locked down. Brad Stevens has it's that team It's a trick question. Focused. That was a weak answer. I'm a player. I, I, have one. I have one. Vincent Poirier. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> what is, what's his name? Vincent uh, Sex Daddy. Yeah, something like that. And he just drips out. I think he's married though. So, hey, bubbles pop. I think I think this Boston Celtics team is it. This is actually great cook, for them. Dude. They can cook. They this is great for them because now they're all together. They're spending this time. They're forced to spend this time together. And this is the way to build chemistry, similar to like Doc Rivers back in 2008 when they traveled. Where did they end up going to a Rome. KG? 
yeah, they went to Rome, and it was a great way to get the team together. I believe, was it last year or two years ago, Stevens went down to Rhode Island and had everyone kind of get together for a week for, like, a little camp. Yeah, but Kyrie was there. So yeah, it but so really but, but, okay. the whole damn thing. But, yeah. but, the, but this is a great way to get the team building into each mm-hmm. other. I mean, they already had great chemistry as is. It's just that, unfortunate during the season, someone's always hurt at some time. This is a great way to have everybody together yeah. at once. I think it builds the chemistry enough that – I think they go to the finals. If this yeah. NBA thing could actually happen and work yeah. out, I see this team going to the finals. And, and and I see other teams like the Lakers breaking down within. Some of these teams uh, are going to break see, down within the themselves. I think it's but gonna I see, Celtics Lakers. I think I think they're going to break down within themselves. Yeah, that but like when you look at it like this, the Lakers are just way too good and now the fact that there's no fans, this is going to be open gym. So you know right. who I think is gonna be unreal, Carmelo Anthony, because every single like, Portland. yeah, every single like video of him wor- <coughs> working out, he looks like the best player on the planet. <laughs> but where are you gonna find that state. energy if you don't have fans there? Like if you're kind of down he didn't by his fans here, yeah, the but, best but, he's but, ever but, looked at basketball recently is on Instagram, when he's at the gym by himself. He's about to be playing basketball in the gym by himself, an open run, no fans, no media people, no, no, yeah. no, no. Hold on a second. I that's where, hold on. That's where the lower seats are going to have such yeah. a big advantage. Like there is no home court advantage anymore. There's no road like road wear from traveling, like to cities from across like, the coat, like yeah. across the country. You are not going to have that anymore. You're not going to have that wear and tear. The There's no home court anymore. That's the thing that always that, held that back the Nuggets the is because, yeah, the Celtics too, but the Nuggets especially because they were always right. the two seed, three seed because they, had, they just play well at home. They had a good home court advantage. That's out the window now. So but they got Bowl Bowl now. Yeah. No, yeah, speaking of which, he did really well. But one thing I had to say, really well. the worst player in the bubble, if we're going by that logic, where they benefit from, like, less fan distraction and everything, uh, Rondo. Rondo's going to suck in the bubble because he has no Rondo's national media for, attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rondo's not even going to play. So he'll, that's not a really big deal for him. I understand. I, I think uh, – I thought this was interesting. Kemba talked about it and talking about LeBron. LeBron must love this just because, again, the no media attention, no fans. Right. He's in his area. No one's going to go up to him and be starstruck. I'm sure some of the younger players are like, oh, damn, like that's LeBron. But over time, you just say, hey, what's up, Bron? What's going on? You just pass by. He must love this right now, just being kind of in his own world. It's like a vacation, but you still got business. It's a business trip for him, but – and I, I think that's going to help him succeed. Yeah. Like, I think that – I don't think him personally will blow up in the bubble, but I think the team around him, I think he's going to get frustrated. How, and it, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. It's really funny seeing the comparisons after the NBA built a barbershop somewhere on the campus <laughs> and all the comparisons to, like, this is literally NBA 2K, the neighborhood, in real life because you have all these all-NBA players just walking around, just doing their own thing, going to the swimming pool, going to the golf course, playing – if this, if, outside. This, if this bubble is successful and we get through this entire entire season, quote-unquote, does the NBA try to mimic and do something similar to this, like a no, summer this, this, league? This is a one-time like, thing. This is just going to be a one-time thing. I think this is a one-time thing unless this virus doesn't go away. I think – I don't even know. Like, baseball isn't – aren't they doing something like – AL and NL are messed up. It's just three different divisions or something. Yes. Well, so the it's basically three divisions. It's just the AL East playing the NL East. Yeah. So it's basically All just right. the East Division, the Central, and the West. And there's I wonder no if the NBA will do something like that. Like I wonder because division games in the NBA mean literally nothing. Like who who yeah. cares if you're an Atlantic Division champion? But in baseball, that means everything. Yeah. Uh, the only thing it means for like basketball it just is, helps like, with you the get top four seed. Yeah, that's, a, that's really all it is. I wonder if they put a more importance on that um after this season i mean who knows not me yeah well like every every team from our divisions made the playoffs except the knicks like the last two years right yeah it's when us philly nets 
speaking of nets, they got Jamal Crawford. And if you want to talk about someone who's going to run an open gym, Jamal Crawford is, wants he, he's, I think he's playing for a contract next year and he has no yeah. pressure. That uh, dude is like 40 year old killer. Yeah. He will always he, he like he has like the the chance to just hang fifty on anybody's head any day. Uh, Deshaun Holmes on the Kings gets uh, a ten day slap on the wrist quarantine session because he got uh, he got chicken wings from Grubhub or something like that. Kelly Oubre hit that tweet. He was like, "Oh, you guys can get Uber Eats if you want." <laughs> Half an hour later, he's like, "Just kidding, never mind, never mind, never mind." Never mind. Tampering. He knew what I he was really, doing. You know what I, I think is like really really cool about this though is like I kind of already mentioned like the vlogging. Um, people podcasting like JJ Reddick already signed with a ringer. He's like, he's been doing that for a while, huh. but like he has all the guests in the world he can want in the same campus as him. So okay. I think people like you that want to come over to my hotel room. Yeah. And, and then you see Deandre eight and you see Gordon Hayward. You see all these other guys like streaming, like the NBA obviously isn't the most, like, I'm sure you can do this if you're an athlete, no matter what, but I feel as if the NBA, you can transition to life outside the NBA way smoother than other sports and you can even start it when you're 19 20 years old like deandre yeah. Ayton streaming get like darren De- fox darren fox is better at video games than he is at basketball he's phenomenal <laughs> at basketball so after that esports is the wave joe like you, you can say what you want no it's not back, it's like a it's like a college environment it's like no, a college environment where you have a bunch of these guys playing video games in their rooms yeah well you know you got guys yeah, out of the pool they guys should definitely make 30 million dollars yeah front house should make 30 million dollars playing fortnite Give me a break. I hate that. I, hate I don't, I don't hate got, that. Everybody, like we just said, chase your bag. If your bag is playing video games, like, for example, like the, for the, the Coach Doug's thing for Big Cat at Barstool, he had 156,000 people watching him play a video game at the same time. Right, no, you that know was what, more there, than the actual Rose Bowl. You know what? That is crazy. Mar- if there's a market for it, then go for it. I mean, I applaud them for you know, capitalizing on their, their talent and everything, but I just don't see the value in it. I'm sorry. I don't. That's just personally. I think it's a huge flex because if you were playing like 2K with your friends or something like that and you always won a 2K, you're like nobody could beat me in 2K. And then you'd be start playing other people, are like, nobody could beat me in 2K. Like, get me paid for this. And Wait, then it's like so can I do that in Mario Kart? Well, oh, you God. could. I think I think with that, it's also <laughs> so like, I could do that. It's also like personality. Like, for example, like we're talking like a podcast right now, but you could talk with your Twitch strat. If you're just funny, people tune in just to be entertained and just like have something on in the background or even just like want to play the game. But like it's fifty percent how well you play the game, and fifty percent how well you can you connect with an audience. I don't know. Uh, NFL. Uh, wait, no. Let's cut into your interview, Joe. If you want to interview, uh, introduce that real quick. We got a big one. Uh, go nuts. Yeah, sure. So, Muhammad Snooze receiver coach Drew Lieberman, uh, the uh, you know the head guy at the sideline hustle, one of the top receiver coaches in the NFL. Uh, first of all, thank you, Drew, for coming on. Was a great experience talking to you. Uh, really super cool guy, honestly. Uh, we talked a lot before the interview and after the interview. He's going to come back on soon. We kind of talked about a lot with Muhammad Sanu's uh, health, his ankle. Obviously, he kind of fractured, broke it sort of uh, midway through the season last year. Uh, the production wasn't there. We all know that from Muhammad Sanu uh, last season. But this season, a lot of work being put in the offseason. He's mentally right. He's spiritually right. And he's physically right, most importantly. Working with both Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham. I'm expecting big things. He's also expecting big things. Like, I think it's going to go uh, very, very well. He also talks about Cam Newton a lot. Whether or not Cam Newton is the starter or not, listen to the interview and find out. He also likes Jared Sedham a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. So, listen to the interview and find out. Drew, thanks again for coming on, and we'll cut in uh, right now. Interview coming your way. Boston's big three. Uh, 
All right, and Boston's Big Three is back with another interview. Now, this time, guys, we have a special treat for you. I'm sure a couple days ago, you guys heard about Bleacher Report. They reported that Mohamed Snu actually moved in with his receivers coach. Well, we have the receiver coach right here, Drew Liverman. Hi, Drew. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you uh, coming on. No doubt, man. Appreciate you having me. It's, uh, I'm excited to be here. Definitely. So uh, before we kind of get started with the other stuff of the interview, I just wanted to start with kind of an introduction, like tell the audience who you are, how Sideline Hustle you know, began and, and your roots. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so Drew Lieberman, uh, I graduated from Wesleyan University uh, 2013. That's kind of where my coaching career began. Uh, I played quarterback. Uh, Wesleyan blew my shoulder out and then eventually worked my way into being the full-time quarterbacks coach as a junior in college. Uh, so that's where it really all started for me. From there, I coached at uh, University of Albany my first year out of college. Uh, then was at Rutgers for three and a half years. Um, at one point, was the youngest coach in the Big Ten. Um, and that's like where I feel like I learned a lot. You know, I, was, I, I worked for some really, really great coaches. Ralph Friedgen, who used to be the head coach of Maryland, he was my offensive coordinator the first year. He's like a college football Hall of Famer. He's won a national championship, you know, coaching the Super Bowl. Uh, and then I worked for Josh McDaniel's younger brother, Ben McDaniel's. Um, he was, you know, my, my real first direct mentor. He really taught me a lot of the details of the wide receiver position. Um, and then Anthony Campanelli, who was another local guy, was at Boston College for a while, and now he's with the Miami Dolphins. Um, those three guys really were, and Aaron Smith also is the receivers coach at UConn now. Those four guys really, like, I was blessed to have great mentors. And, and like, all the success Sideline Hustles had and my ability to now train all these pro guys, like, I've taken a lot of that and made it my own, but I'm just so grateful for the, the initial education I got from some four really, really great coaches. And I've combined, I think, the best ad, assets of, of all of them in, into, into what you guys see now. So it's definitely, I think, important <clears throat> when you look at Side of the Hustle just to understand the foundation and understand, like in coaching, none of us, none of us reinvent the wheel. None of us, you know, come up with our own stuff. It's all taking bits and pieces from other people, uh, you know, combining into a system that's your own and ultimately. I think coaching is, you know, your ability to relate to players more than any of that stuff anyway. Um, anyway, from Rutgers, kind of was looking at the landscape and, and uh, you know, realized, like, as much as I love football, like, all these guys work 20 hours a day. They don't have a family life. They don't have a social life. Like, I don't know if I can sacrifice all those things, you know, in the name of winning a national championship. Uh, so kind of stepped away to, to, to try and build a life I'd be more proud of and went to get my master's degree in writing, think I was going to write a book about all the crazy experiences coaching football. And then that's when the Silent Hustle was born. The, the, the book became a podcast. The podcast built a huge audience. And then that became kind of the video breakdowns you guys see now. Then we went crazy on social media and picked up a bunch of followers. Um, and through kind of the social media, you know, creating content and getting the name out there that way, a lot of pro guys started to reach out to me through a bunch of Rutgers connections. I, I got connected with, with Mohamed Sanu. We've been working together for about two years and he's kind of the guy that's been the gateway to, to everything else and has helped put me on the map and, and kind of legitimize everything. And now at this point, you know, the news broke that we're living together. We're basically like, like brothers at this point and just, you know, going to ride together as long as we need to, until the job's complete and uh, should be, should be a fun year. Well, that's great to hear. Obviously at Ride the Wave Media, we support you hundred percent. We're, we're really impressed on how you guys are taking that leap after just a couple of years and how you guys have been really prevalent in, in the wide receiver community in the NFL during this quarantine, especially. Uh, you mentioned Mohamed Sanu. Obviously he's a Rutgers guy. You guys have connections through there. And obviously last year with Sanu coming in New England, we're a New England based podcast, New England based media company. So obviously there's close connections there. He comes in uh, mid or through the season has a great game in Baltimore. I think 10 catches, uh, probably a buck yards. And the rest of the season, he's kind of on and off, depending on, it's a hard system to pick up. Kind of take me through Sanu's mindset this offseason, what he wanted to improve on and what he wanted to get better at. Yeah, I think just overall, um, you know, I think he just felt like he left some things out there. I mean, obviously he 
broke his ankle after that Baltimore game, the next mm-hmm. game. So playing you know, on, a, on a bum wheel most of the year. But with that said, he still was felt like he could have played better, felt like he could have made the adjustment better and just, you know, overall just kind of assessed where he was in his career and wanted more for himself and just invested more in himself completely. Like just the way, he, you know, he, he, he put himself on a full schedule from morning till night on taking care of his body, taking care of his mind, enhancing his game 24 hours a day. I don't, I don't know many people that operate that way. And it was, it was impressive to see for a guy who's accomplished a lot in his career, has been established himself as a consistent receiver, um, a guy who would play 12, 13, 14 years in the league without any of that. And to see him kind of humble himself and just want to reinvest in himself more. It, it was really the overall theme. Um, you know, we had a couple like specific things. I watched all, all of his games from last year and kind of came up with a self scouting report. And we had some specific details that we wanted to work on um, together, but you know, it, he just really recommitted to, to himself overall with, he hired a full-time track coach. He had a, he had a full-time chef, nutritionist. He brought me in full-time and just like really, you know, created a team and created an environment around himself where, where he could, you know, really thrive and get the most out of every single day, which is, which is what he's done. It's been, it's been cool to see. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I've seen the progress he's made with all the videos, obviously, from Sideline Hustle as well as his own personal page. He's really come a long way. The main thing for me, obviously, being a, a Patriots fan, is seeing if that ankle is healthy, like you mentioned. See if he's 100%. And it sounds like he is on his way to being 100% mentally and physically. So we're glad to hear about that. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, news in the media about the Patriots lately because of former MVP Cam Newton being signed to the team. I've seen Snoo working out with him quite a bit as well as Nikhil Harry. And I saw you had the opportunity to see Cam Newton uh, performing as well when you were training Sanu. Kind of take me through that workout and how that went with Cam throwing to Sanu. Yeah, all of that kind of happened accidentally. Um, Cam and, and, and Sanu kind of knew each other because uh, Cam's from Atlanta. Mo lives in Atlanta. So they've like run into each other at workouts and stuff. And I guess when uh, when Cam signed officially, he called Mo and, and they were talking. He was like, what you doing? And he's like, oh, and, and Cam was like, I'm going to uh, LA this week. And Mo was like, oh, shoot, we're going to LA too. Like coincidentally. And they looked at the flights and we were on the same flight to LA. Like it was like, it was, it was a crazy, crazy coincidence. So that kind of just happened by chance, but we, we met up and we were out there and just did like simple routes on air and just, you know, kind of got timing down and ran the basic route tree, but Cam looked good, man. His energy was awesome. Like he was just, uh, his energy was, was the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Just like he, he, his energy is infectious and he came such a positive force and, and really like just, just ran the workout through his energy and then let that go. And then, you know, me and Mo just did what we had to do with the routes and I was coaching him up and, and they looked good and the, and the connection was good. It was, it was fun to watch. That sounds unbelievable. I mean, obviously we've seen Cam Newton's progress through his rehab, through his Instagram. Obviously he's well-documented. He's been rehabbing. He's been getting right. He's working out to goddamn gospel music. That's a whole different psyche to have. That's a whole different monster, different beast. Uh, and it's good to hear that he's, you know, syncing well with Muhammad Sanu and kind of getting that, that chemistry right before the season starts. Uh, I've also kind of, obviously I'm a big fan of Silent House. I've been following for a while now and I've seen some of the videos you've put out uh, working with Jared Stidham as well because Sanu obviously has, has worked with both quarterbacks in open competition as Bill Belichick always loves to say. There's a lot of hype around Cam Newton and rightfully so. MVP quarterback, 2015 MVP, Super Bowl almost champion. Obviously it was a whole Denver Broncos situation and he's obviously been a very good player, a very good NFL player for a very, very long time and you have Stidham who completed, I think, six passes or attempted six passes all of last uh, regular season with a pick six, obviously, to Jamal Adams. That's how most Patriots fans or actually NFL fans in general remember that guy by. And obviously, uh, in the Boston media, at least, he's been hyped up 
Bill Belichick believes in this guy. He believes in this guy. He's the next, he's the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And then they bring in Cam Newton and people start saying, oh, maybe they don't believe in him so much. What's going to go on here? What's happening? What's happening? He even disabled his comments on his Instagram. People were like kind of like clowning him, trying to like get him all, all angry and stuff. Take me through what you see in Jared Stidham uh, as of your workouts being with him. I think Stiddy's great, man. I think he, he's just got a great presence about him. Like he, he is really, you could tell he's really committed himself to learning the playbook. He understands the system really well. When we're out there, he takes charge of everything. He knows all the details of what he wants from everyone. Um, I really just like his overall mindset, his attitude, the way, just his overall presence. Like it's, it's what you want in a quarterback. It's a guy who's sure of himself, a guy who's confident, and he just communicates well with everyone. I think that's, that's the coolest thing working with him is just like watching him interact with guys, watching him be a leader, watching him, run the show that way is, is, is cool. And I think he's, he's got something to him. He's got a, a certain it factor to him that, that I've been around great quarterbacks and, and I think he's got that sort of just charisma to him. Um, so that, that's impressive. I mean, I've never seen him throw in person until recently. I think he looks great. Um, I think he's throwing the ball well, but you know, I think, I think it'll be cool. Like I really have no idea what their plans are, or why they brought Cam in or any of that, but, but working with both of them has been cool to see, you know, guys with different personalities, but both leaders in their own right. And I think they both have great, like, they're both going to push each other for sure. Cause I think they both have that sort of alpha presence. And, and if anything, you know, regardless of how it turns out, I think they're both going to make each other better and, and, and put some pressure on each other, which will be good for the organization as a whole. 100%. The number one thing I thought of immediately when we signed Cam Newton, because I actually had a theory for a long time we were going to sign Cam Newton, whether or not whether that was to be a starter or for something else. And I've been kind of working with this the last couple uh, couple months, not a couple months, a couple weeks, just kind of talking about it with myself. And so Cam Newton, you get brought in. I think Belichick, the evil mastermind that he is, looks to sit him, sends him the message right away. Hey, we're signing Cam Newton to get in this guy's head, to see what he is made of, that inner dog, those quarterbacks you're talking about, you work with a lot of interesting, good quarterbacks who have started for a long time in the NFL. And so you look at those guys, and you said they have that certain charisma, that attitude. And you said Stedham has that same thing. I think Belichick brought in Cam to kind of bring that dog out of Stedham and say, hey, we just brought in a former MVP quarterback. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to take charge? Are you going to fall in the back seat? What are you going to do? And from what you've said so far, it sounds like Stidham was more than willing to compete with Cam Newton and become that starter, uh, no matter what the obstacles are that are in front of him. So that's great to hear as a Patriots fan. Yeah, I think, um, I think probably, uh, you're probably about right on that. Like, there's, you know, you, you, it's just added pressure. You, you, the, this whole year has got to be figuring out who the next guy is, you know what I'm saying? And, and who, yeah. who's going to replace 12 and, and all that stuff. So I think that it just accelerates the process of learning more about Stidham to, when you, when you, watch him handle this situation. So <clears throat> I think that's, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how it plays out. I think it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool situation to kind of be in the middle of because he's definitely one of the more interesting quarterback situations in the NFL. A hundred percent. And speaking of 12, I have to ask, I have to ask everybody on this show, Tom Brady, six time Super Bowl champion, obviously best player of all time, in my opinion, goes to Tampa Bay, leaves New England after 20 years. I have to have, know your thoughts on this because obviously Sanu worked with Brady for at least half the year last year and they played in the Super Bowl against each other uh, in 51. What are your thoughts on Tom Brady going down to Tampa Bay? And as a receiver coach, you know, Chris Goblin, Mike Evans, they're no slouches. So yeah. how, how do you think Tom Brady's going to do in Tampa Bay? Not, not slouches. They got the monsters down there. I don't think people realize how good Mike Evans is a top five receiver. Like you can't argue the guy's production. The guy, the guy's had over a thousand yards every year in the league. Like he's, He's like, say, like people, he's not the fanciest receiver, so that's why he doesn't get the hype, but, and he plays in Tampa, but this guy is, is a monster. I mean, Chris Godwin's coming on, and then you add Gronk, who's probably the best tight end of all time. Who know, you got to see what kind of shape he's going to be in and all that if you're not playing a year, but I imagine he'll be fine. And you got the kid, O.J. Howard. Like, they got four of the, 
best targets, you know, in, in the NFL and they got a good defense and they have, you know, some good running backs. Like, I just can't imagine, like, you know, I, I don't know that Tom is the Tom of old physically, but I can't imagine a guy with his experience, his leadership and his knowledge of how to win championships doesn't elevate all of that. And they've got, they seem to have all the tools around them. So common sense would tell you they're going to be good, but you just never know, especially with all the stuff that's happened, like, you know, not having OTAs, not having time to click, like they're going to have less time to create chemistry, but I, I just can't imagine it, it doesn't go well and they don't find a way to win games. It's just a matter of how long it takes to click. And then of course, staying healthy because one of those four guys I mentioned goes down and it changes the whole dynamic of, of the weapons they have. So there's all, always all kinds of factors on paper. It looks like they'll be good, but it's, it's football. You know, the reason you play the games is, is, is anything can happen. Right. And the number one thing I think is going to be interesting in, in regards to the one of the guys going down, like you just mentioned, is the whole COVID situation. I mean, the NFL so far has not really announced a plan. I know they're meeting at two o'clock today to kind of discuss the safety protocols for training camp coming up and how that's going to affect the preseason games and schedule and all of that. I want your thoughts on the whole COVID situation. Obviously, these players have been locked out of their facilities for almost four months now, five months now. And you've obviously profited off that. You've made a lot of different connections because of that. Um, kind of take me through what some of these players that you work with are thinking about the, the current COVID plan for the NFL. Like, do they feel safe? Do they think there's going to be, needs to be more measures taken to prevent uh, exposure? Or do you think it's just kind of a, a throwing the towel situation because people are going to get it? Uh, I think that guys are kind of mixed. No one really knows how to handle it. I think what a lot of guys have just resulted in is like, all I know how to do is get ready for a football season. So I'm just going to do my job and get ready. Like, you know, I, I, we haven't, we do what we got to do to stay safe. And we've just been focused on the work. And it's like, I can't get caught up in this COVID update, that COVID update. Like either way, Muhammad Snoo's got to be ready to score touchdowns, you know, when, 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 and if there ever is a game. So uh, I think that, that, I think that's been most guys' mindsets is like, I got to go about it business as usual. Now that it's coming closer, I think guys just want, you know, something solid. I, I think that it's more the uncertainty that's killing guys and, and the lack of um, a plan, I guess, the lack of a solid, and, and maybe it's not even that there's not a plan. It just hasn't been communicated very clearly. So I think guys are just kind of waiting to hear, you know, what the plan is. I, I don't know that, I, I don't know that everyone has a plan that, that they feel safe or not. It's just because, because not everyone really knows what to expect or what it's going to look like at all yet. So I think everyone's kind of playing the waiting game and in the meantime, just trying to get better every day. So far what the NFL's told me, at least through their, their, you know, press releases and all their, their plans, quote unquote, that they're going to treat it essentially like another injury expand the practice squad and have them go on two weeks IR and then come back. That's pretty much what I've heard. And that's what I've looked at. And then they try to ban the Jersey swaps after the game. Like that's really going to make a difference. Football's a man's game. You're spitting, you're coughing next to each other. You're up in everybody else's face. If someone has COVID on that field, most likely it's going to be spread throughout that entire locker room. So I really don't, it's really a hard situation, obviously. And the NFL has handled it very poorly in my opinion. So if I'm a player, I'd be pissed too. Cause it's not just me. I'm looking out for it's my family. Russell Wilson tweeted about it yesterday. My wife's pregnant. Like I don't want to bring this back to her because she is at risk and potentially yeah. lose that child. So it's definitely not an easy situation, but the NFL needs to handle it much better than they have. Uh, I just think the NBA has obviously been kind of a benchmark and kind of treating players fairly when it comes to this, they created the bubble and everything. And they follow a lot of, put a lot of precautions into place. And so the NFL needs to take some notes. Yeah. I just think that's not realistic though. Like there's just, just like the NBA does a good job, but it's also just like, they got 15 guys on the team and you know, the NBA, the NFL is, talking about expanded rosters to allow in 60, 65. Like it's a different beast that way with like the bubble and things like that. But it definitely seems like the NBA has some sort of a bubble and the NFL is just kind of letting guys see whoever they want outside of practice. So there's definitely a lot of things need to be tightened up, but 
you know, I was, I was watching some show today on SportsCenter or something, and they said that's basically the situation the MLB and the NBA were in right before they start, like seven days before they opened. The players were like, what the heck, there's no plan, and they figured it out in the, in the last hour. So hopefully it, it'll be the same here. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you. And even just going back to that bubble real quick, like eventually someone's going to get horny and someone's going to invite an Instagram model over and then it's going to spread COVID all throughout that, that bubble. Like it's going to happen eventually just because of just the reality. Like we're social people. Like that's how it works. So eventually it'll happen. There's already been a snitch hotline. Dwight Howard's been caught like 12 times already. So I don't know how it's going to go with especially NFL rush, like you just said, with 60 plus people uh, traveling with the team. When it comes to the Patriots overall, obviously we've, obviously mentioned over and over again throughout this interview, you and Snoo are very tight, almost like brothers. You are now moving in together. Um, what are your expectations for the team overall going into next season for the New England Patriots? I think they still have a good team. I mean, it's just about the signal caller. Like if they get good play out of their quarterback, they, they should be good. Like they didn't, you know, last year everyone wanted, like thought that the Patriots were going to be, play, you know, go deep into the playoffs and all this. Um, you know, they didn't, but obviously the team uh, – aside from Brady was, was what allowed people to, to have that perception. And I think the defense is still good. I think that, you know, I think, I think the, the, as long as the offensive line improves to me, that's the X factor. I think the offensive line needs to be better for whether it's Cam Newton or Stidham or whoever it is, if they're consistent, I think the receivers will be a lot better having a year together and all that. And Harry is going to be here better. So who's going to be healthy. Edelman is, is consistent. Um, you know, and I think it's just, it comes down to the signal call like it does for every other team. So if, if, if they get good play out of one of those two guys, I think they, they, they'll have a chance to win a lot of games. Yeah, you mentioned Nikhil Harry, obviously, compared with Muhammad Sanu. They were split a lot of different uh, formations last year. They spent a lot of time together working and grinding. Obviously, we've seen a lot of progress from Nikhil Harry this offseason as well. That receiving core is really up and coming when it comes to guys like Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry, kind of second-year guys are going to take that huge leap step forward this upcoming season. Like you said, it all depends on the quarterback play. The number one thing I wanted to kind of talk about, too, when it comes to quarterbacks in general is the center position. David Andrews obviously had that terrible blood clot injury prevented him from playing last season. Obviously, it was a big factor and how this team ended up uh, finishing the season without a strong anchor in the middle of that offensive line. You don't really go very far. So Andrews is on track to come back. Thank God he's recovered uh, so well. Definitely not a Chris Bosh scenario so far, which is we're very grateful for. The one thing I've kind of noticed throughout this entire uh, process of Cam Newton being brought in, I haven't seen Andrews and Cam Newton work together yet. And the number one thing I want to kind of talk about is because I know Stidham and Andrew's wives are very good friends, are very close friends. I know that Stidham and, and Andrew's kind of bonded over that. So I kind of wanted to get your take on how a center can, you know, develop that chemistry of actually practicing with his quarterback. Yeah, I wouldn't overthink that too much. I think that'll happen pretty quickly. You know, they're professionals. They'll, they'll be professionals. It'll happen. It'll, you know, there'll be little communication things here and there just as guys get and used to each other but I don't think even though how you know I don't know anything about the personal relationship between Andrews and Stidham but I don't really think that carries over to the field it, it does in the sense that you can trust each other you have a relationship but you know it's still going to be Stidham's first time running the show there's still going to be adjustments it's, it's all going to be new for everybody um you know I I think that it's all be new and there's no it's the first time going to a no OTAs I just think that regardless of any of that it, it's going to be an adjustment for everyone and I don't think it's going to play a factor in who ultimately wins the job or anything like that um and I, and I think that as close as those guys may or may not be I still think there's going to be plenty of adjustments as, as Stidham is you know getting his opportunities to, to kind of run the team and, and Andrew's working himself back healthy and all that I agree with you completely one thing before we go I do need to, I need this from you I know you guys are very very close I want a stat line prediction from Muhammad Sanu this upcoming season uh listen I don't really have a stat line prediction. I'm not, I'm not even, as a receivers coach, a big stat guy, to be honest with you. I just want to see him 
like put up better film. Like the thing we've talked about all the time is, is he's been a guy who can roll out of bed and have 60 catches, 600 yards pretty much every year of his career. That's been like about who he is. So if he's done that with, you know, what he's been investing in himself his whole career, common sense and the football laws would tell you that he's invested so much more in himself that the production should go up accordingly. Like I'm not one really to predict those numbers, but I would think that I would like to think it's going to be the best version of, of mom as new anyone's ever seen. And, and, you know, the production will, will follow suit. That was a true coach answer right there. Thank you, Drew, for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, shout out to sideline hustle. Follow him on Instagram. Great organization, great content out there. Drew, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Hopefully. No, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Drew. Drew, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it a lot. Check out the Sideline Hustle, one of the best Instagram pages for receiving coaches or receivers anywhere uh, in the NFL community or high school, college, you name it. A lot of good tips and tricks on there. Uh, the notable thing I think come out of that obviously was Muhammad Snooze's ankle is healthy. That's a huge, huge get for the Patriots no matter how you look at it. No matter how you slice and dice it, that is a win for the Patriots organization. But the biggest thing coming out of it for me was Cam Newton versus Jared Stidham. Talked about both quarterbacks. Now, Babs, I know, is on the Jared Stidham train. And after this interview, I am too. And I'll tell you why right now. Number one, Jared Stidham knows this playbook. He knows it in and out. Babs is looking like he is so surprised. But Cam Newton won the MVP five years ago. Don't you know that? That guy's played 125 games. No, but hey, let me finish. Okay. Jared Stidham's presence in that workout. He had a lot of Patriots guys there, including Muhammad Sanu. He took over that meeting. And the number one thing for me as well, the playbook knowledge. The way Drew described it, he, he knows the playbook inside and out. All the cadences, all the audibles, all the everything. If you have a master of the Patriots playbook, you are going to start. I don't care what you say. And not, not even that. How about Cam Newton's Instagram? Cam Newton literally posted on his Instagram, and I quote, this shit is calculus, and tagged Julian Edelman. That's Go. not a good look for anybody. And nobody <laughs> does it. And you don't want that guy as your starting quarterback? Dude, if, if Cam Newton is the starting quarterback, I'm going to be furious. Simply because I don't pretty, care about Stidham. Stidham hasn't, give, Stidham hasn't exactly. given me anything. He hasn't got – like, he doesn't move the needle. It doesn't give me That's anything. That's my argument, too. For. Right, time out. Spoken Where's like Jared cat? Stidham? Spoken. I don't know who Cam Newton is. Spoken like a casual football fan. That's all I'm going to say. Seriously. Spoken like a casual 100%. football fan. It, I don't think that's a bad thing because, A, no, I'm watching Fred's team. It is a bad it's not, thing. It's, 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 it's misinformed. It's, I'm sorry I don't that, know calculus. Okay, this is the thing that pisses me off or someone like a, a Stafford here. We're just trying to tell the fans. No, I Beware. see what you're saying. Yeah. Beware. Stidham has the chance to beat Cam Newton now, and this is the reason why. The fact is this that makes me laugh and why I'm dedicated to the New England Patriots is that everyone said this team's going 4-12, and 5-11. and 11. The second they get Cam Newton, they instantly no, go 11-5. The and fourth five. best team in the league. P yes, and PFT or whatever, they end up doing their rankings. They're fourth in the league, but they had them 15th before Cam Newton. My whole Let's thing go. is this. We, we said this. Cam Newton has the shot to win the starting job week one. Not anymore if there's no preseason games. There's no games for him to show Belichick that he can go against another team. People are so fucking stupid to think, oh, well, he's just going to walk right in there and get the job. This is the New England Patriots. They don't give jobs out like that. You have to That's fucking a great earn point. your position. That's a great point. And before we even move on here, on last podcast, or a couple podcasts before, when Cam Newton was actually signed, I said that. I said this is not a lock to be a starter for Cam Newton. It's going to be a competition. And now because of the no preseason effect, there's more training camp and everything, Stidham has that leg up a lot more than people realize. Do, 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 do you think, think they do this? Do you think they use 
like a like in college. I think this this is what they should do. Have fun with it, dude. This is a playbook no, that you'll never no, have in your life. No, Why? Yeah. You get no. McDaniel's. This do you is think- what the New England Patriots are gonna do, and they've always done this. September is their know. pre is their preseason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. And they're going to treat weeks one through four as the preseason. You're not going to sit out Stidham for the entire year and give him zero reps. Last year, he got some reps in those first four preseason games. They have to do the same thing for Stidham here. It's better off that you have Stidham start the first two or three weeks and he sucks because yeah. people are going to look at them and be like, well, because he's a second-year quarterback. If Cam Newton goes in there and doesn't look good, that's terrible for everybody involved. That's terrible for the fans because they'll jump off the wagon. That's terrible for Belichick coaching. That's terrible for Cam Newton. Right, We've been right. saying this in Stafford, and I agree with Stafford. QB battle since day one, and the fact is everyone's going against our mind, Stafford. Stafford, you're a football guy. Me, I'm a Patriots guy. I'm in this shit every day. And the fact that we get put down for saying it's a QB battle, that makes me want to root for Stidham even more. I'm not rooting against Cam. We're not rooting against Cam Newton. He's going to start eventually this season, week three, four, five, unless Stidham looks so fucking good that they can't take him out. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, so we're going to use the wave like we always do. You say the first four weeks of the season are going to be the Patriots' preseason, basically. Which is like, always like, like that. That's how always. they always start slow. So, who is the week five starter, then? The week five starter could be Cam Newton, 100%. And Hoyer, baby. Try no, Hoyer at a left field. I would, I would laugh if Hoyer becomes a starter. Like, they just throw him you know, out there. Yeah, week before five. we move on here, let's go back to Ian Rappaport's podcast where he said, and I quote, Ryan Hoyer is the unquestioned starter of the He's New England Patriots. He's You're a jamoke, dude. You're yeah. a moron. Like, not he as a joke. on national television. He How said, even, not even with a smile. Hey, gotta, gotta he says, clicks. Gotta get you this clicks. Ryan it's, Hoyer is the starting quarterback. You got to be kidding me. My starter. When, I want that now. Let me, I want to read I want to read this to you because it will move on from Stidham because I go on this all day. Okay. I need to pull this up. Jared Stidham knows that he's working for a job. The fact that people put him down, he was out there in March at Gillette stadium. He worked all during COVID. He was at Gillette stadium. Then they finally told him, <laughs> Hey, you can go home to Texas because it's your one year anniversary. FYI, his wife, his wife's father is the CEO of the Houston Rockets. That guy's got some money. That guy's going to go down to Texas. He's going to go see his family because he knows that she's the breadwinner. And then he restricted his comments. Yeah, I saw that. He did. And he completely restricted his comments because everyone was shitting on him on one of his (laughs) posts saying, you're the backup, this and that, which that's what's going to happen. That's Belichick, bro. Belichick is bringing a guy in for five. People saying that they're spending $7 million are fucking morons. They're not spending $7 million. They're spending five. Five, uh, half a million dollars, $550,000, he can make up to a million dollars in his base salary and can make up to $7 million in incentives. He might not hit any of that. I wrote on his – once I found out that his thing was unrestricted, I wrote on it. And I said, people don't understand the work you've been putting in during the offseason. Glad you got to take the time to enjoy your anniversary back home. Now you know there's a job to earn. Can't wait to see what camp brings. Always going to be haters and doubters at the helm. Prove them all wrong. Him and his wife both like that comment. To me, I was like, he knows everyone's fucking talking shit about him. He knows he has to work harder. What did he do when he got back from Texas? He called everybody. Hey, we need to work out. Hey, we need to work out. The thing that's been pissing me off with Cam Newton, I know that just Cam Newton just landed today. Whenever you see this a couple days ago, he just got into Boston. Cam Newton's bringing these guys in one-on-one for his own production company. He's doing his own thing. He's trying to make himself look good. And don't forget, I put this out there. He's got a child support uh, case going into court right now, too. He's trying to make himself look good. He has to go into these 
in a, it, someone told me this the other night in a child support case, say if I have a kid and I'm used to making $3 million a year and that kid's used to having someone that makes $3 million and I lose everything, I have to pay child support up to the 3 million to match what that kid was living because you can't just make that kid go down with something like that. This shit going on in the background that you can't ignore. The casual fan will ignore it. The casual fan don't care. And lastly too, don't race bait. Don't say that you don't like Cam Newton because he's black. And that happened to me today. And that fucking pisses me off. But there's no need for that shit. There's nothing to do with him being black. It has nothing to do with Stidham being white. It's the fact that Stidham's been in the system for a year. Look what the fuck is going on around you right now. They didn't draft a quarterback. Cam Newton happened to be there still in June as a free agent. They bring him in to push Stidham, see what he has, and he has the potential to become a starter. But, but, but Babs... Stidham threw a pick six in the regular season last year. Brady threw a pick six to end his career as New England Patriots, okay? It doesn't matter. He threw four passes. What about those preseason games? The fact you know is it's sarcastic, right? Yeah, I know. The oh, fact God. is, the Ask fact is, that. too. Joe meant it. He told me. He, he <laughs> can play against the best defense in practice every single day. That speaks nothing. That doesn't mean anything when you have the McCordys praising Stidham. Who did he throw I the mean, pick six dude. against? Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Still the Jets. The it's Jamal Adams, the best safety in the NFL. Give it just fires me up because you know how many – you know I me, want Cam I Newton as a starter. Cam Newton. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Dude, he – like – He won. Know, he, he, he won. How many he, games did you play last year, Tyler? Uh, he played two, and they were within four days. Two. Yeah, because they were within four days, he was hurt. And everyone's like, oh, he stinks. He played the sixth and the ninth. He played uh, t- uh, Sunday night and then a Thursday night, and he played oh, half many- of it. And everyone's Tyler. like, oh, Cam Newton's done. He played two games in 45 minutes. I never was said hurt Cam Newton was done. How no, many I know. Players- no, I'm not saying you. But a bunch of people are like, oh, Cam's washed. Cam's this. Also, before you ask this, I think the funniest thing about Cam Newton the other day is when he's like, I'm done being humble. When he gets the first down, he rips his shirt, and they're down by 40. I'm like, is that not being humble? <laughs> How many players realistically come back from an injury and look really, really good? Especially with um, a whole new team. At least one a year. Yeah, say Brady towards ACL, pretty good. Like, yeah. yeah, The comeback player I of the mean, year. Every of the, I don't know. Just, why not? You had a whole year off. I just don't believe that you can have a guy come in for a one month and then be the starter. That's not Belichick. That's not crap. No, that's you're right. You're right. You're and right. here's my thing. Cuba, so, quarterback battles. <laughs> Trubisky versus Nick Foles. That's happening. Tua versus Fitzpatrick. That's happening. I'm sure Justin Herbert's trying to fight for the starting role against Tyrod Taylor. It might not happen. But there are other QB battles going on, and these guys got paid a lot of money. I just look at this. If people wanted Cam Newton, why the fuck was he not signed by 31 other teams? Whoa, Bill Belichick's playing a genius, dude. Uh, all these other people don't know that. Dude, shut the fuck up. Cam Newton's not what he was. Cam right. Newton's not we'll what he was. Happens. They brought him I, in there. I'm like Cam Cam How dare you attack me entirely Team like that? Cam till I die. I also like saying, I like. I feel like every time I've said I wanted Cam Newton to someone like like football minds, a bunch of my friends are football minds. They lose their mind like this, saying the same argument. I just like saying that I want Cam Newton to be the starter. Just the rile people love, to be honest. It's like I, I, want, I, I actually. Hey, want. hey, hey! Before we go on, if you want to get riled up, check out my Instagram, uh, Rather Wave Media. Cam Newton's uh, the Night King. Great oh yeah! Oh, yeah. I'm talking about you. I don't see you making any Stidham uh, edits. <laughs> I see you making two Cam Newton ones. Do you, do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Because Stidham gets, stinks. Gets the because there's no going. clips. There's no clips. What am I supposed College. to work with? His whole classic Belichick. No there's clips out there for people use. to see. I'm just saying. Six you can use. Can I just yeah. say this real quick? <laughs> like a six-second six highlight <laughs> <team just> says, <laughs> Through a touchdown. Technically, he if, threw a touchdown. If there's no fans. You're not wrong. If there's no one of the best players in the, in the NFL. 
if there's no fans in the stadium, how much does that benefit the New England Patriots on their road games this I'll year? I'll tell you Seattle, right now, Seattle week to Seattle is going to be a 10 times easier game on the road yeah. with no fans. It's going to be awesome. We're going to lose the game anyway because Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, probably top two. I don't know. I don't know. If there's no fans, that I momentum agree. in football – I don't know about that. No, come on now. You can't. Sound Russell doesn't Wilson, help I chalked him up as a loss. I think it'll be, and we, and we thought it was going to be a closer game too. I'm just saying, um, Russell Wilson's the second best quarterback in the NFL. If Patrick Mahomes did not exist, he's the not even close best quarterback of all, like not of all time, but in the NFL right now. I Russell agree. Wilson's that good. He's elite. He, who but here's my thing about the Stidham Cam Newton thing to Watabi and Tyler. Okay. Let's say if Stidham is the week one starter, right? I think he will be. Okay, Stidham goes to week two. That's the make-or-break game for him. Because if he can beat Seattle but look good in that game, he has to look really, really good, they're rolling with Stidham for another couple weeks. If that Stidham goes into Kansas City and looks good week four, they're rolling with Stidham for, like, you know, going to keep rolling. But Newton's going to stay behind him. And that might be at the point where Newton says, I want out of here. Cut me. I want to go somewhere it else. It could I be want sub packages too. We don't know yet. We don't like, know we anything. We really don't know yet. Like, it could be, like, be a read option package. It could be anything. It could be like wild. I just, it, could be, it could be early Michael Vick on the Eagles where he basically was, like, a running back. It could be. I just yeah, look at all the, all the fans. New playbook you can use. All you casuals naming Cam Newton a starter. You're literally making Belichick giggle because he's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make everyone upset and start Stidham. Look what I'm going to do. That's hey, what if, Belichick I think, I think the That's majority a compliment people think if this. I can make Belichick giggle. I think the majority of people think Stidham is going to start in the beginning simply because – Wait, is no, this the first not. year? <laughs> is, the first year is this the first year they're doing 18 games or is this the playoff? No, it's next year. So they're it's just doing more playoff games, teams? by the way. Yeah, just no preseason. Wait, 19 games? games? 17 16. games next season. 19? 17 next season. Ah. Yeah. Football. I don't know. I think um, <laughs> college football, hot seat. We'll see what happens with that. A lot of Yo, is, is Penn State a basketball school? Like, I don't know. Nah, they're football. Uh, we're both, baby. Sorry, I mean, that was a joke. Uh, yeah, I mean, Big Ten, they're only playing in-conference games. I think the same thing's happened with Pac-12. And uh, everybody can laugh at Notre Dame now. <laughs> 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 All these Notre Dame purists, oh, we don't need to be in a, a, a division. We, we're, we're the best of the best. We haven't. The only thing that we've done lately is had a, our, our star linebacker date a ghost. And like all this stuff. <laughs> that's, that's the most that Notre Dame, I hate Notre right. Dame fans. Notre Dame fans are like Yankees fans. They think they're good. They think they, they, think they are walking on water. But at the end of the day, you're, you're playing. You're, like, you're a fan of two teams that are like really, really good a long time ago. Now everybody just mocks them. Uh, so I'm ecstatic that Notre Dame can't play simply because uh, I don't want to hear. How does that, how does this affect dra- uh, draft stocks for That's some of these players? That's what I'm wondering, players? dude, yeah. because there's no like, there's no like combine. I mean, there is the NFL uh, combine. They'll have it. Yeah. But like in basketball, for example, you can run pickup, you can run, uh, you can run these drew leagues. You can run these, like yeah, there's, there's so many, football. there's so many leagues that you can just show out, showcase yourself. Uh, and then you can even just do shooting drills. You can do ball handling drills, you do three and three. You can't really mimic 11-on-11 11 11 football. I feel like this is definitely tough. my question, and I want to say it right now. This is catastrophic for almost yeah. every single NFL prospect outside of Pat Fryermuth because he's our guy. But besides <laughs> that, seriously, no. You know how many one-year wonders that come up as juniors that just ball out in the, the postseason and just get drafted in the second round? Happens then, every then the Patriots just go Oh, Burrow. Exactly. Uh, every, if, if, if this was this year, Joe Burrow would go in the sixth round, seventh round, maybe undrafted. Like We don't know. 
So it really it depends on like like this is a big big year for people to miss. And, it's very and think about and not even and not even that. Think about now that teams have to cut ten players before they even head into camp, and some of those bubble players that yeah, are trying and to fight. We'll bring that a step but, further. No preseason. You know how many preseason yeah. heroes we have? Like if we had no preseason last year, Stidham's gone. Hoyer's the backup. Like it, it's hard Gunner. to judge these guys. It, it's it's such a yeah, tough Gunner situation. Would, Gunner would have got cut. It's would so have made it. I, so I I just wonder like if there was no college football like say Pat Fryermuth like does he stay at going 14th overall like does he be a first rounder like how the hell yeah. is that gonna I work you, out I think you base it I think this is what you're gonna have to do you're just gonna have to base it off the stats before like all right do you know Michael Parsons he's uh, the linebacker at Penn State but he's literally getting universally named like the best linebacker in the country and they they're calling him, like the best linebacker since I forget who they're comparing him to but. He might go number one overall. He, this is a huge, huge year for Michael Parsons. Um, like, this isn't even me being Penn State biased. This is, like, reporting what national, like, college football analysts are saying. You can check it. Look it up Michael Parsons' draft stock. He's going to be first round, early first round. Anyways, what's going to happen with him? I think he'll still, like, the guys that are having the hype now, like the Pat Frymus, the Trevor Lawrence, is like, nobody's, nobody's worried about any of that. It's it's the fifth round gems you can find. The sixth oh, round. Oh, by the way, can we just announce this right find. now? Uh, me and Babs are going back to the combine. Well, yeah, if they pretty, allow us to big. go back there. <laughs> the COVID, hopefully with COVID. Can I just say this? Does this benefit Bill Belichick then? Because yes. he's somebody yeah, he's smarter. that has probably all the data on all these players. All the reasons. Bill Belichick to judge that. And the dogs Belichick can't thri- get COVID. Bill Belichick thrives when other people have less time to prepare for anything. That's why Bill Belichick is good in short weeks. It's not because he's that good. Because those other coaches don't have enough time to prepare. Belichick's always ready. Other coaches aren't. Belichick could so be ready for the next during... decade here of, of, exactly. of just drafting he, players. He, like he, That's he what could... I'm wondering, though. But what do you think he did during quarantine? I think he just Doubted. sat down. He, he woke up, looked about everything football, and then went to He sleep. went to Subway. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that commercial, whenever that comes out, so, that was just a preposterous picture. He ate that thing like a corn of the cob, not even like a sandwich. And his posture is so good. I know. Billy from uh, the subway. All right, any uh, anything we got to wrap up with? Did we miss Final thought, I'm dropping a Patrick Mahomes uh, edit tomorrow, and I'm saying uh, what my thoughts are on the contract. It's going to shock some people. I'm going to say that right now. It's going to shock some people. Uh, but shout out to Patrick Mahomes for getting half a billion dollars. That's pretty impressive. I couldn't do it. Uh, could buy the, the, most, the person with the most pressure in the entire world is Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend right now. No, it's do the chief front girlfriend. office. Nah. It's the chief front office. They give him half a billion dollars for 10 years. All I'm in saying football. is if, if, if no, Mahomes' uh, girlfriend fumbles this bag. With a $140 million insurance policy, he could tear his ACL tomorrow and walk away with all that money. Uh, before we go to the final thoughts, I do have one last thing that I want to hear your guys' thoughts on. Um, Tom Brady tweeted this out earlier. I don't know if you guys yes, saw it. Yes, I just saw that. There are more questions than answers, but we must have faith in our NFL PA leaders, both players and staff, to get the game in the business of football in the right place. Let's stay unified and demand necessary answers from the NFL as partners. We're all in this together. Hashtag LFG. Brady, was it, was it in the right place for you and many others to start working out against the NFLPA advice down in Tampa. You completely went against the NFLPA. You started getting everyone together, and you were in a hot spot in Florida. And now you're kind of turning the tide here and saying, well, oh, well, we need answers. You know, you're not, com- you're not caring about player safety. It's just a hypocritical statement by Didn't Tom they, Brady. Do they already come out saying that they're doing daily testing for 
yeah. the NFL? It's every other day, and I think oh, Brady's okay. a robot as well. Do you think he he there. didn't even yeah. say like that's a PR thing? Like he he probably had <laughs> no idea. Just, Alex he probably Guerrero had, typed he had, that tweet. Yeah, he had well, no idea he even sent that tweet till he just checked his notifications. <laughs> like who, it, who said this? It's kind of like it's kind of like the immunity enhancers and sh- and shit like that. Like how I harped about that because it's like the worst timing to do it. He probably doesn't think that he's just living in his own world anyways and just wants to promote his stuff. It's just. Bad timing to say that. Bad timing to say that. I just posted. I'm sure I'm going to get shit on for all for saying that, but I don't know. All right. Final I, thoughts. Joe, you said yours. We'll wrap around to Brandon. Oh, well, today is opening day. I just We survived four-ish months without sports. Good job, everybody. Congratulations. We did it. Sports are back. Cheer on your favorite team as long as they're from Boston. My final thought uh, is for those that are fans of the show, Toucher and Rich, I hope Fred Toucher gets some necessary help. Uh, now that I live in Bridgewater, I have a little bit more of a commute to come home from Boston in the morning, so I get to listen to Toucher and Rich in WEI. WEI sucks. Toucher and Rich, what happened the other day, Fred Toucher showed up one hour late to 98.5 in the morning. He was uh, intoxicated. He went on air to talk about that he was having a divorce with his wife. He wasn't in the right place. Uh, Rich had to tell him to get sent home. He ended up going home. And they talked about it this morning about how he's going to be taking a few days off. So I've, I was reading into it more. Fred Toucher. I mean, Toucher and Rich are one of the top morning shows in the yeah. country. It comes, it comes, no when it comes to sports. So I, I hope that. But Fred they're not Toucher, above us in Chartable. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> Wait, so, I had no idea about this. I used to listen to Toucher and Rich like every morning on the drive to school. Yeah. So uh, Corey, GRD, messaged me on, it was Wednesday. I think we were, to, or no, Tuesday. And he was messaged me he's like did you hear toucher and rich yet and i haven't turned it on yet and he was talking about it looking at the tweets about it um i guess that somebody said that toucher has some bipolar disorder or mental issues from the past that has been come up every so often and kirk minahan actually talked about this too tyler like he had something yeah, about dude, it kind of chuckled me, about yeah. it or whatever um and uh, i just hope that toucher and rich is like one of my favorite morning yeah, shows uh, i, I love no listening about to any of this yeah so uh, i hope that you know 98.5 i hope that you know Fred Toucher gets the help that he has and prayers whatever's up, going up. on. So, you know, I want to listen to you guys, in the, especially with sports coming back. I mean, like, we you, can take you over. definitely need that stuff. We can take over. We can listen to us in the morning. Yeah, yeah you take over. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean you can listen to us anytime. We're not, we, we're not just limited to a, to a morning show. Yeah, I mean, seriously. You can listen to us at night, the afternoon. <laughs> 2 a.m. if you're a weirdo, like, who knows? All right, uh, my final thought, speaking of shows, um, rest in peace, mixtape. <laughs> I mean, legitimately, like I, I, I told them this when they did end. Like, unfortunately, things had to come to an end. Um, they're really no fault of their own. But those guys gave me a chance to work with them for the last month. I haven't really been public about it yet, so this is my announcement, quote unquote. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work with them for a month. Unfortunately, they ended um, through unfortunate. So you ended circumstances. them. Yeah, kind of. All I know is they the lasted for I've a long that. time. Tyler what, comes you know in what? and they're gone in a month. You no, know, the thing, this is the analogy I'm using. He's like the kid who like divorced his parents. You know what I mean? Like he, like he comes in, he was born and the parents get divorced. Like it's not your fault, but it actually is his fault. <laughs> but they are legitimately uh, played a large factor into why I wanted to start a career in sports media and podcasting, whatever you want to call it. So it, it stinks out loud to see. Uh, so ride the wave show that I could leave. We ain't letting yeah, you I mean, go. <laughs> what I, I hope that I mean, if you just when to I thought this, I was I'm out, sure they you know pulled this, me back. Yeah. And- but R.I.P. Mixtape, it was a good run. Um, thanks for giving me a shot. R.I.P. Barstool, dude. This just I I uh, no, just no look, no no no. Listen listen listen. Let, 
No, no, I'll no. You, I'll tell you off the waves. No, 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 no. I'm talking my piece. It's just I Barstool grew up on Barstool, dude. This is the reason why I do this stuff. And people can make fun of me. You're trying to be the new Dave Portnoy. You're trying to be like Barstool. No, we're just we love talking sports. We love just shooting the shit about things. And we're actually pretty good at what we do. We've done pretty good things over the last couple of years doing this shit. And we're, we're smarter or, than most. I agree, 100%. And we've had great guests on this podcast. And I talked with somebody at NBC Sports Boston the other day because I was you know, looking into furthering my career as well, too. And I talked with them. And they said, you guys are doing everything right. You have a lot of things that other people don't have. But when it comes to Barstool, it's not what it used to be. It's not the Barstool I grew up on. It's not the Barstool I loved and fell in love with. Uh, it's unfortunate Barstool, and, to me, and this is my personal opinion, is turning into a total PC nightmare with all these guys that now have check marks and they're kind of going at each other. No sports for Barstool these last four months really hurt them. And just mm. too many things got out there, exposed too much stuff. You can shake your head. I'm sure you know more things, but this is just a fan talking. Yeah, yeah. This is not someone that's on oh, the yeah, inside. But I'm just saying that I think that Portnoy is probably pissed off to see the way that Barstool's going, and they're losing a lot of their original fan base right now. I would say that. They're, they're always going to have fans. They're always yeah, going to have yeah. people. But I think they're losing a lot of their original fan base. So. Let's see what happens. All right, Boston B3, episode 66. Catch you.